What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's episode is a Q&A, but I started off with some fire once again, and I think I'm going to keep doing this, guys. Lately, I've been having these thoughts in my head, and ever since I started the membership site, the Boom Boom Elite, which if you want to learn more about the membership site and what goes into it, you can click the link in the description below in the show notes, and you can go check it out right now. Um, But I do something called the Morning Elite. I try to do this a few times a week. Um, Today is going to be a daily elite because I'm actually going to go film it here in just a little bit. Um, But what I try to do is I try to talk about a lesson that I've learned recently, something that I've gained clarity on and insight I've had about something that's going on in my life. And I like to share something um, about growth, right, and teach these people something that they can think about. Um, So I decided to start this episode sharing with you something very, very similar. And I think I'm going to keep doing that on this podcast, basically showing you guys a little bit of an insight into what goes on in my mind, the lessons I'm learning, how I'm applying them, and how I'm um, battling hurdles or just trying to continuously grow in every area of my life. And so I started with talking talking about um, some big things that are happening for me, how I'm auditing my inner circle, how I'm changing the things so we can continually grow, so on and so forth. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy that first part uh, because I know you guys love to hear the fire and hear the motivation. Um, And then we get on to the questions. Uh, We talk about establishing a fitness routine after downtime, whether that's vacation, injury, illness. We talk about bone broth, collagen, ankle mobility, uh, building a bigger butt, um, liver function. We talk about um, decreasing inflammation, CrossFit versus bodybuilding when it comes to inflammation and taxing the central nervous system, Um, taking stretch breaks during the day at work. The only six artists that I would listen to when I train for the rest of my life if I had to pick six people, which I love that question, um, how much fiber you need, um, how to adjust your training when you're not sleeping properly, metabolic flexibility. Like We covered a ton of great questions today. I went on for over an hour, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. So get your notepad out and get ready to learn a ton of great information. Before we get into the show, guys, I got to ask one quick favor, and I do it every time, but it helps me grow the show so much. It helps to reach expand and reach more people, help more people, get more individuals listening to the show, um, which is the overall goal. And it shows me who's listening to the podcast and what you guys want to learn. Take a screenshot of what you're listening to right now, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, one of the two, and tag me, Cody.BoomBoom on Instagram and CodyBoomBoomMcBroom on Facebook. I really do appreciate it, guys, when you do this, Um, and it's great for me to see – put a face to the listener um, so I can connect because part of what this is about is building a tribe. It's building a a, a movement and actually learning and interacting with the people who are engaging in my content. So it's really appreciated if you guys can do that. Take a screenshot right now, share it, and tag your boy. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the Q&A. Before we get this started, I just want to give a shout-out to my team. Last night was a very surreal moment for us. Um, for me, at least, I guess I can't speak for anybody else. I took everybody to dinner last night, and it was just so cool. Um, I had Tori, my assistant. I had Travis, the media guy who handles so much media stuff. That guy is wrapped up on the computer for us so much. I appreciate the hell out of all the stuff he does. It's And it just blows my mind. I don't understand how. Like, for anybody listening to this who edits videos, more kudos to you. I do not know how the hell you guys do that shit. This blows my mind. It's insane. Um takes so long if you don't know what you're doing and it's just so tedious but anyway Travis at the table Tori was at the table I couldn't do what I do without Tori she handles so many things for me and just keeps me sane literally Um, I had coach Caroline from Colorado come through to Seattle and then I had coach Courtney of course who um, is is local two amazing people doing amazing things coaching people in an amazing way and making huge impacts Um, extremely smart it just was so cool to sit down at a table and look around and see these different individuals who are all on the same wavelength as me. And I think it, it just made me have a moment of, I mean, for one, it had made me have a moment of like, damn, my dreams are really coming true. Like this is the beginning of, of something huge. And notice when I say this is the beginning of something huge and it's been seven years in the making, like I've been coaching people for so long and I've been building and building and building. But it's like at this point where other people are joining me and, and, are believing in my, my mission, my movement, are, are supporting me and are ready to dive into it with me so they can share it with me and build it together because I can't do it alone. And, and there's so many people out there that we're trying to help and that we are helping that it's just unbelievable to see these people come on board, 
have the same exact vision, have the same exact mindset, same exact hustle, same exact motivation, and same exact passion of helping people, and then we get to do it together. Like it's just so unbelievable. It's so rewarding. I'm so grateful and so appreciative to everybody that was at that table. Um, and then meeting everybody's significant others was so cool. We got to sit down, have some drinks. I bought everybody these like super cool backpacks. Like if you're an online coach, you know that like your backpack is your best friend. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, God, I got to get everybody a gift. I got to get them something. I'm a, I'm a gift giver. Like, that's my thing. Like holidays, I spend way too much money because I just love giving gifts like that's and I do it selfishly. I do it for me because I, I enjoy seeing people's reaction and knowing that they get something. But I'm thinking in my mind, like, man, what does a coach need? And I'm like, a coach needs a backpack because we're going to coffee shops. Then we're going to the gym and then we're going here. We always have our laptop in our bag. I was like, this is perfect. So I got everybody these like sick. I didn't like, I don't like the overdone backpacks where you have like zippers and cup holders and scrunchy things and like all these different pockets and get like, there's just too much key holders, like just too much shit going on. I like a very basic, like I'm a Jansport guy, like back in school, I rocked the classic Jansport. There's like one pocket on the front and that's all you need. I like that kind of stuff. That's actually why I have a couple Herschel bags. The Herschel bags are really cool because they're kind of old school, very simple. I like that, but I got these cool gray, just basic bags, um, few different pockets on it with like a cool laptop holder and then we got boom boom performance embroidered on it and then their name so it says tori or coach courtney or coach caroline travis my name as everybody's name on it super fucking cool so i was pumped to give them that um book recommendation for everybody i put the go-giver inside of that bag because it's a phenomenal book easily the best book i've ever read um i i have a few books that i have my team read and that's the next one on the list so i put that in everybody's bag business cards stuff like that but it was just so cool to get everybody something and just to sit at this table and have this surreal moment of like holy shit this is really happening and and to be honest with you for anybody listening to this whether you're a coach or you're just somebody who wants to do more in their life and wants to achieve more success achieve more happiness lose 50 fucking pounds, whatever your goal is, just know that it is possible. Sometimes shit takes way longer than you would ever expect. But if you, if it really means something to you, just do not quit. Be relentless. There's no reason to quit because the way I look at it is, and this is literally what goes through my head, where like, even if it takes me 10 years to accomplish this, I will be so much happier in 50 years from now if I fucking accomplish that. But if I sit here and and whine because it's going to take so long to build this so I don't do it, 50 years is still going to come. But at at 50 years, I'm going to regret a lot. And regret is something you cannot replace. You cannot take back. You cannot remove that. That's forever. And it's the worst pain you can possibly experience. You know, I went and I had a doctor's appointment this morning and it was a great example. This doctor, I've been seeing him for years, really cool guy. He has a strength and conditioning background in school, kinesiology. And he actually, so he's my just general practitioner. He actually left the hospital, the, the place I was going to go work for a sports team, professional sports team. I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. So I go to get an appointment today and it's with him. So I come in and I'm like, man, like what, what happened? And he goes, oh yeah, dude, like I left, um, I started working for the team and you know, everybody had a, a knee or a low back issue. So I spent every single day helping patients with knee and low back issues, and I hated it. I was bored. I, it wasn't as rewarding as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as cool as I thought it would be. So I came back to work with everyday people and have a variety of different things I'm treating and, and helping with, and it's just so much better. But I'm so glad I did it because I thought about it forever. And if I would have hit age 50 and never made that jump, I would have been regretting it for the rest of my life, wondering if I would have loved that sports team job. And I was like, man, good for you. And that's huge. And that's how I look at this. I was 18 years old when I started my blog. And I was like, someday I'm going to build this shit out and it's going to be something that I can impact people around the world with. And now it's that thing. And I remember my mentors telling me, okay, cool, write blogs every week and train people every day for like five years and then start like dialing in how you can create your business plan. (laughs) Do this for five years and then create a business plan. Think about that. That's crazy. But in my mind, I was like, okay, cool, because in 20 years, I'll be so fucking happy I accomplished that and built this team and reach people worldwide. Like, cool, I'll do whatever it takes. 
But that's how it should be with fat loss. That's how it should be with building muscle. That's how it should be with sports performance. It should be with that with anything. Any success endeavor you want to embark down, you should think, if I don't do this, how bad will I regret this shit in 20, 30, 40, 50 years? If I don't lose that weight, even if it takes me a year to get there because I spend months and months of being inconsistent and hitting plateaus and trying to figure this shit out because fat loss sometimes for some people is a game of Tetris. It's extremely hard to fit the right pieces in the right places and to win the game. You sit there and you struggle and you struggle and you struggle. More like a fucking Rubik's Cube. It's way more confusing. Tetris is easy. <laughs> right? And you sit there and you try and try and try. It might take you months and months and months just to figure the shit out, click in, lock in, and start getting progress. But once you do, you'll be so happy. And if it takes you another year to lose weight, you'll spend the next 10 years leaner, happier, more confident, more energetic, so on and so forth because you spent all that time. But if we sit here and we think about how long it's going to take, how hard that road's going to be, and then we're pissed and we decide not to take action because we are afraid of that road and because the resistance is too strong to move forward, we're going to regret it. It's not worth it. So last night as I'm sitting at this table with full-blown meat sweats, I'll tell you about that in a sec, I'm thinking like, fuck, this is insane. There was a couple points where everybody was talking and... I felt like the room got quiet, but I just – I blanked everybody out and I was just like – it was just like I took a sip of my drink and just looked around and was like, holy shit. This is amazing and I'm so grateful and I'm so happy and I'm so thankful that other people believed in me enough to support me and then want to join the mission and grow with me and help me build this. And with them, it's, it's so much more powerful because I have coaches with me now that are on my team that are extremely smart and experienced in helping people do amazing things. Which means we're going to be able to touch three times as many lives because it's three of us. And with Travis helping me produce all this content now, we're going to touch thousands of more people's lives. And then it becomes millions, and that's the overall goal. So I guess I'm just sharing this with you guys because I, I kind of had a moment of like, man, like this is, this is what it is all about. I've spent the last almost eight years working on this stuff to help more people in the world. And that's all I care about. That's my purpose in life is just to help more people. I know it is. I've always known that. I didn't know how I was supposed to help people, but I always knew that. And then I found fitness. I found nutrition. And I figured out how. And we're able to do that. And it was just so crazy to sit there and think like, man, this is the sum. <laughs> it's not even the sum. It's the sum of all those hard years, but it's the beginning of something epic, and we're able to touch lives, and there's other people that want to do it with me, and, and this thing is growing, and it's just so cool. And then, and then I thought too, like, so I did a, a video in the, my membership group, the, the Boom Boom Elite, and I do what's called the Morning Elite, and I try to do it at least a few times a week. Basically, when I either after my morning walk or during my morning walk, I sit down and I talk about – well, I don't sit down if I'm walking. But I talk about like lessons, insights, clarity, uh, things that I'm seeing in my life, lessons I'm learning. And I, and I talk to the group and I, I share my experiences. I share the lessons I'm learning. I share the insights I'm having, um, things I'm getting clarity on. And I basically break down different things. And, and I did one the other day or a couple weeks ago actually. And it was about auditing your life. And I do this every quarter. And this is a great example, you know, like you have to audit the people that you surround yourself with and as hard as it may be. And I've been in this situation. Sometimes you have to remove toxic people, not even sometimes completely, but you can't constantly put yourself around people who are not letting you elevate up or grow crabs in the bucket. Same thing with your environment. The foods you're eating count as your environment, the gym you train in. The people you surround yourself with, your spouse, your work, everything. Are they things and people and places that are going to allow you to elevate? If they're not, find new ones. The reality is, is you choose your environment. I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, well, I'm stuck with this job or this is just my family or these are my friends. This is who I grew up with. No, fuck that. You can choose. Everybody can choose their surroundings in every single aspect. The food you surround yourself with. The people you surround yourself with, the people you hang out with, the places you hang out at, the restaurants you eat at, the work you – the job you work at, your house, your neighborhood. Anybody can do anything they want and they can change anything they want. They just have to want it bad enough. And any of you guys listening to this, you can absolutely change any aspect of your life 
no matter – like I don't care what anybody says. There's always a way. There's so many things in my life that have dra- dramatically changed, and if you would have asked me if it was possible at the beginning, I would have said hell no. Even the simplest things of like places I live, people I know, who I talk to, cars, everything, my job, what I do for a living. Like I, I would have thought that was impossible. So you got to audit yourself. Audit every aspect. Every quarter you should sit down and write in your journal and audit yourself. Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are the thoughts that are going through your mind? Where do you train? What do you eat? What are your goals? Everything. So, so, so important. What are you listening to on a daily basis? Are you listening to shit like this where I'm barking in your ear telling you to get better? Or are you listening to depressing-ass news and and music and shit like that? I don't even turn on the news ever. I just found out there was a hurricane <laughs> last night at dinner, actually. <laughs> they were talking about it. And I was like, wait, what? What is going on? Because I ignore the news and, and, I, and I need to know about natural disasters and things like that. And that's terrible and I don't want those things to happen. And I'm praying for the people I know over there. But there's so much negativity in the media. You have to learn to, to audit yourself and your surroundings and what you put into your mind, what you put into your ears, what you speak into the universe. Um, it's very, very important. I mean, shit, I was just talking to a client the other day and we were basically talking about like injury prevention and, and how they get injured quite a bit. And he was saying like, you know, like I, I constantly worry about getting injured and I feel like it's setting myself up to get injured. Like I, I don't do anything full on anymore because I just worry so much about getting hurt. And then I think that causes me to get hurt because I have anxiety, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you were speaking negativity into the universe and you were receiving negativity because of it. So flip the script. Speak positivity into it and you will receive positivity. Tell the world. Tell your journal. Tell yourself. Speak your mind. Talk out loud to yourself. I am bulletproof. I'm an athlete, an elite athlete. Like speak these words and say these things into the universe and I promise they will come true. And I do that with everything. I talk out loud to myself like a crazy person walking down the street all the time. I'll be doing my morning walk and I'll be speaking things into the universe. I'll, I'll literally and – and I write them out too, how much I'm going to make, how many people we're going to help, where I'm going to live, what I'm going to drive, what my abs are going to look like, my happiness, what my relationship, everything. I've, I've always just been like I'm just going to – whatever I want, I'm just going to speak it into the universe every single day. I'm going to write it out. I'm going to speak it out loud every single day and it will happen. Now I'm just going on a rant, but I hope this rant helps you guys. And the reason I had the meat sweats, so this is just just to let you guys know, I think I ate six pounds of beef last night. It was amazing. And the funny thing is, is I woke up lighter this morning, which was weird, but it worked on my cut. I tried to fit it in. So we went to, I took everybody to a Brazilian steakhouse, and it's one of those places where they, they bring like a steak or like a sword looking thing with just huge slabs of meat on it and notice you you flip a coin like you have a green and a red side of the coin and if it's on green that means you're hungry and they'll come by and they'll be like you want filet mignon you're like yeah and then just slice it on your plate they had like garlic covered pork they had bacon wrapped chicken thighs i didn't have either one of those because i was trying to hit my macros since i got this photo shoot in three weeks unfortunately it's mouth-watering but they had uh sirloin flank lamb ribeye like they had so much good stuff like it was in like me and the dudes at the table literally were just like stuffed ate so much red meat um we came home me and shannon were just super bloated and tired and like sweaty and hot from all the protein but it was damn good so anyway that was my night guys and i hope you enjoyed my little uh spiel on who you surround yourself with and and if you guys don't know my team yet um, we actually just put up a new page on the website and I'm actually pretty pumped about it and I would love if you guys went and checked it out and it's uh you can go to boomboomperformance.com slash uh meet dash the dash coaches slash so it's like meet hyphen or whatever uh, but if you go to my website and go to meet the coaches you can actually get everybody's bio and see what we're about and, and it's really cool it's a new page we just added and we're actually doing some doing some updates on the the website for the team but really really like that so um let's get on to this q a we got some great questions today uh, we didn't have an interview this week just because of uh scheduling issues and different things that uh, myself and some of the guests that we're going to be on didn't have um oh another thing before we get into the q and I got another quick announcement, guys. So if you go to boomboomperformance.com slash podcast, 
what you'll notice is there is a form on the side that says Ask Boom Boom. And this is an easy way for you to put your name and type in your question. So you can literally get your question answered, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link in the show notes. It's literally going to say Ask Boom Boom. Click that link. It'll go right to the page with the form. If you have a question for the show, this is a new way where we can allow people to really easily get their questions answered. So I know I do Instagram stuff. I do stuff on my Facebook group, uh, the podcast forum. Um, But I wanted to give you guys this option too because if you're listening to this right now and you don't follow me, which you probably should go follow me, guys. If you don't though, um, you can go to this. You can click the Ask Boom Boom or whatever. I'm going to – maybe I'll put Ask Question or whatever. In the show notes, it will be the first link. You can go there and you can ask me any question you want. All right. So let's get on to the questions. The first question we got this week is from Ian Dickinson. It says, reestablishing a fitness routine after a vacation or downtime, injury, illness, etc. Reestablishing a uh, fitness routine after a vacation or downtime. So I think it really depends on, I mean, like obviously where you're at, right? Like if if you're somebody who was doing five days a week in the gym, you, you might not want to do go right back into five days a week in the gym. I think the smartest thing to do, and it, it depends on how long you were out of the gym. If you were – here's the deal. So if I go on vacation for – so we got a vacation coming up, and it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's three days, and I, I'll probably get some kind of movement in, but I'm not going to lift three days in a row. I'm going to come back Monday full force like I normally do. I'm looking at that like a deload. If you're taking a three to seven day vacation where you're not going to be training, whether you're literally not doing shit or you're just walking and doing mobility, some light stuff in the morning, whatever it may be, no matter what, if you're in that three to seven day period, in my opinion, you can get right back to your normal thing Um, because that's such a short time. And usually people don't take vacations for a month plus. Now, if you're injured and or ill, um, and I would say the same thing, if, as soon as you hit, like in my mind, as soon as you hit like two weeks or more, that's when you want to start dropping volume when you come back into the game. So if you're injured or, or sick and you're out for two full weeks and you come back into training, let's say you normally do five days a week of lifting, what I would do is probably come back in at like two days, three days a week three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, give yourself breaks in between. Um, keep an RPE, a rate of perceived exertion of like seven to eight. Meaning if you normally back squat 300 pounds, you're probably going to do like 200 pounds and leave a few in the tank. So you know that you're fresh when you leave because you don't want to break yourself down too much. Um, your soreness is going to be there no matter what because you haven't been in the gym. So what you don't want to do is get overly sore to the point where you can barely even sit on the toilet or walk back into the gym. So for those people who do take two, three, four weeks off, I would cut down volume, cut down intensity by like 50% that first one to three weeks, depending on how long it takes to get back into routine and just feel your biofeedback work. So if you train real hard and you or you train, you come back in and you hit it and you notice that you're fatigued as hell, you have brain fog, you don't have energy, you're a little moody, like you're just not comfortable, like you probably went a little too hard and just wait for your biofeedback to improve, your sleep to get better, your soreness to go down, your performance to go up, your hunger to be high. Um, Those things mean that things are starting to work and kick in again. Um, And then as that happens, you can kind of ramp that up to four days a week and then five days a week again. So you kind of cut things down by 50% and then slowly increase everything. Um, I don't think anybody should overcomplicate this. If you're injured or ill for months on end, if you're injured, I think you should try to work around it because it's a central nervous system thing. So for example, I have a client who has an ACL tear right now and She's still training. It's just that we're swimming and doing upper body stuff and whatever. The good thing about what she's doing is she's still training her central nervous system. So when she gets back to training legs again, and she's still doing a little bit of legs, but when she gets back to really squatting and deadlifting and stuff like heavy, she's going to be sore, but it's not going to be too like debilitating to the point where she can barely get out of bed or she feels super fatigued or lethargic um, because she's still training her central nervous system. She's still doing some unilateral work, still doing her upper body. Um, So that's probably the best way to go. If you're bedridden and you can't do anything, you got to come back real easy. So like come in at one day a week and just, or even like actually what would probably be the smartest thing now that I think about it, going three, four, five days a week, but really low intensity, really low volume and just high frequency. Get in, do like two rounds of like goblet squat, bench press, TRX row, call it good. You know what I mean? And then the next time go three rounds, do an overhead press, a unilateral, and then 
like a, a pull up, right? But doing it at a point where it's just not too much and you're just doing focusing more on frequency rather than uh than cranking up volume like crazy. Carrie Carrie Moden says it's been a while since I've asked questions, so here it goes. Bone broth bone broth, good addition to routine or not. What is all the hype about? Suggestions for brands if a good if a good idea. Um, there's some brand called like Kettle and Fire or something, and I've heard good things about them. They're one of the originals, but I don't know. Um, the bone broth I have used and I have enjoyed is uh, Vital Proteins, really just because me and Kaiser are friends and, and she hooked it up. She uh, does some work with Vital Proteins, and she's a big believer in them, and they have a lot of good products, and she got me hooked on them. And, and once she gave me some products, I started taking them more regularly. I take their collagen as well. Um, so you asked about collagen. So like two questions. She asked a bunch of questions. Damn, you asked like eight questions. <laughs> so uh, she also asked collagen seems to be a hot topic, good or bad, suggestion for brands of a good idea. So she asked the same thing with collagen and bone broth. They're very, very similar. Like they have a lot of the same exact benefits as far as digestive health, gut health, uh, joint inflammation, tendon health, ligaments, uh, tissues in your body, things like that. Collagen has more protein in it. So collagen is typically like a collagen protein, but uh, it is very – and if you haven't listened to the episode with Dr. Jose Antonio on protein, go listen to that because he spits so much knowledge on so many different aspects of protein. But um, like he said, like collagen is very, very low in leucine, and leucine is one of the driving anabolic amino acids um, that is found in protein. So we need high uh, leucine amounts in our protein intake and collagen is not going to provide that for you. So it's not a great source of protein. It is a good source for joint inflammation. It's a good source for um, joint health, possibly uh, gut health, stuff like that. But that's about it. So bone broth, the same thing. I think it's great. It's it's a very good healing property uh, product. I think, I mean, depending on what you have, you know, if you have IBS or gut issues or anything like that, I highly suggest taking it. I think it's amazing. It can. I've noticed good things with joint health too and my low back and stuff. Um, so I'm all about it. Um, I personally think it's something you would add in. Bone broth is lower calorie. You don't have to worry about the extra protein or anything like that. So I would go bone broth route versus collagen, but they're both really good. Ankle mobility ideas. I've noticed that my ankles are quite tight when doing squats and deadlifts and wondering if this could help. Absolutely. I think that, you know, ankle mobility is funny. Ankle mobility was one of those things that was super underrated and like nobody paid attention to it because it's such a small joint and it's like my back hurts. Why would I worry about my fucking ankle? And we loosen up your ankle, you get into a deeper squat in a better position and all of a sudden your spine has less compression on it and your back pain goes away. And it's like, whoa. Um, and that's the magic of it. Now, then it got to a point where people over glorified it and they were trying to do all this crazy shit. And the reality is guys do some ankle mobility. It will help your range of motion on your squat. It'll help your range of motion on your, uh, unilateral work like lunges and step ups and stuff like that. Um, and it's good to have ankle mobility for walking and everything. You should have a good range of motion, um, through dorsi and plantar flexion in your ankle. And a lot of people just do not, they have tight ankles. Um, so I would definitely – if you have super tight ankles, I would actually recommend elevating your heels on squats and stuff because for the meantime, it's good to kind of use that as a crutch so you can get lower because – and I know that sounds bad because most people are like, what the hell? No, that's just a Band-Aid. You should address the cause the sim- uh, that's creating the symptom, and I agree, but I would rather have a client elevate their heels – Correct their form so in the meantime they can still squat, build muscle, burn fat while keeping their low back safe um, and start working on their ankle mobility until they can remove the plates or the the lifting shoes or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, it can be as simple like a good one that I like to tell people is uh, spell the alphabet with your ankles two to three times a day. So when you're sitting at your desk, literally spell the alphabet with your ankles, with your feet. It's super easy. But yeah, doing some basic um, – you can do what's called a Z stretch, Z flex stretch or something like that where you're basically trying to – you rotate uh, – you turn and you bring the top of your foot down towards the floor. I know that sounds weird, but you're going to stretch the top of your ankle into your shin. Um, really, really good to open it up, stretch it out. A lot of people get pain there because they're so tight. Um, and then just basic – movement, right? Getting a half kneeling position and just rocking forward and back to go in and out of uh, dorsi and plantar flexion.
I'm literally going to keep going down the line because she had a bunch. We got a damn. We got a lot of questions, so I got to crank through these. Um, I like to try to get everybody's question in each episode. Booty goal: better to lift heavy or more reps with ample weight? Both. I don't think that you should do one or the other. I think you should have um, like a daily undulated periodization. Whenever I've had the best results with women's glutes, it's always been doing three days a week of hip thrusts at different intensities and loads and volume. So, um, and now mind you, it's not just that. Like you can't just do that three times a week and you're going to get results. Like nutrition plays a role, um, what kind of conditioning you're doing. So I like to have women do like hill sprints and stuff like that. Um, we do a lot of accessory work, single leg RDLs, step ups, things that are glute dominant. So there's a lot more to it, but I think a good way to look at it is like, I'm hitting my glutes two to three times a week. And that's what science shows. I like three times a week when you have a specific body part. So for for women who want to build their glutes, I like to do full body training three to four days a week. And then three days a week, you, you isolate the glutes hard. And you go one day at like high, high reps. Actually, I would do it like this. I would do one day at low reps with heavy weight in this order. Low Monday is like low rep day. You're doing like five to seven reps of like heavy weight with a pause at the top. Day two is Wednesday, and you're doing like 10 to 12 reps with a moderate weight, so higher rep, more tension, more time under tension. And then the third day, you're doing 20 to 30 reps burnout style with a light light weight, doing like metabolite training. So now you're doing every intensity and load. Um, that seems to work best to grow the glutes. Anything one can do to promote better liver function? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, yeah, you know, I think the... The thing with liver is like – I mean number one, like how is like your general health? Like I think a lot of people get carried away when they look at specific things and instead of like – instead of like trying to look into specific things with like different supplements and all these things. There's a lot of supplements, uh, milk thistle. There's different uh, – thistle, sorry. Um Milk thistle extract. There's different like roots and, and different things like that that you can implement to help your your liver but to me i'm just like okay well what is your lifestyle like you know um are you drinking alcohol are you having a lot of processed foods um what are you putting on your skin like your liver literally processes everything um so what i suggest to people do is like start looking at like and as as woo -woo as it sounds and as hippie-ish as it sounds is like start looking at like organic lotions um what kind of bath soap are you using what kind of fabric softeners are you using um what kind of foods are you putting in your body are they actually organic are they whole foods are you eating processed shit are you drinking alcohol those type of things and then are you doing bone broth are you doing a greens drink are you taking like are you getting all the vitamins and minerals necessary and if you can check off all those boxes and your stress is okay and everything then you can start looking at milk thistle and all these other possible supplements to help your liver function um, last question she had from Carrie said, how does one decrease inflammation? I think that's just too, like we could do a whole entire podcast on decreasing inflammation. So I'm just going to give you the shortest possible answer. The best way to de decrease inflammation is to remove as much processed food as possible, processed sugar and alcohol specifically. It is to train in a, in a moderate zone, don't overdo anything, but don't not exercise. You need to exercise a little bit. Um, consume adequate healthy fats, so your omega-3s and in a balance between mono, poly, and saturated fats. Um, and then avoid too many processed carbohydrates. Those tend to create more inflammation in people than not. Um, so when we eat carbohydrates, we're thinking sweet potatoes and then really easily digestible ones that like almost – solely get absorbed in the muscle glycogen, which is going to be things like white rice, for example. Adriana Frank Ling, first question, she had two, and I said I love these, so they're great questions, obviously. What makes CrossFit slash high-intensity interval training so inflammatory versus bodybuilding exercises, or are they both as taxing on the body slash CNS? Sorry, I had to dig drink. Um... If any of you guys listening to this, this is a side tangent. If any of you guys listening to this have ever put my podcast on half speed, will you please like DM me or take a screenshot of this podcast and tag me and say, 
I put this in half speed or so, I don't know. Just, I, I want to know because <laughs> I've been told like, damn, dude, you talk super fast. And I try to slow down, but I get so fired up that I'm talking like crazy. And then I end up getting cotton out. That's why I drink so much liquid and fluid on the podcast while I'm talking. But anyway, back to the, back to the question. Um, what makes CrossFit and high-intensity intervals training so inflammatory versus bodybuilding exercise? Or are they both taxing on the body CNS? Um, so what I would say with inflammation with these is they're – Exercise in general is inflammatory, so we have to remember that that's actually a good thing. This is why putting ice on uh, – like putting an ice pack on your muscles after training actually isn't a great idea for muscle growth because when we train, we create an inflammatory response in our muscle. That inflammatory response is good because that's the stress that our body has to um, – provide recovery for. So once we create this inflammation, it's our body's job to provide it with nutrients and hydration and fluids and different things like that and blood to reduce this inflammation. And that's the process of building muscle in a way. So there's obviously a lot more that goes into it, but that's part of the process. We want to create that inflammation because that breaks the tissue down, causes the stress that we need to adapt to. So in a way, bodybuilding is more inflammatory because you're doing more volume and more direct hypertrophy training. CrossFit and high intensity can be inflammatory on the joints. So this is where we go a different round go, just like powerlifting. Powerlifting, um, depending on what you're doing within CrossFit, but a lot of the barbell stuff, it's very inflammatory on the joints because you're going very heavy and you're throwing things around at a fast velocity. Those things are going to be very inflammatory in the joints. That is not a good thing. Bodybuilding is not as inflammatory. Obviously, we still do the compound list when we do bodybuilding, but the accessory work, the pump work, the, the lightweight high rep stuff with lateral raise and stuff like that, that's not going to be very inflammatory on the joints, just on the muscle. That's a good thing. So you got to kind of associate the two, right? Like what, what kind of inflammation are we talking about? Now, are they both as taxing on the CNS as, or the body and CNS? Um, yeah, yes and no in different ways. On the body – I would say yeah – no, they're actually not because bodybuilding, like I said, is going to be more inflammatory to the muscle specifically, which is not a bad thing. CrossFit and powerlifting and high-intensity intervals can possibly be a little bit more inflammatory on the joint but not necessarily on the muscle, um, which is not a good thing, right? But it depends too because you can do high-intensity intervals on a assault bike and there's literally no eccentric load. There's no spinal compression. So it's not inflammatory whatsoever. It's, it's pretty inflammatory in, your, in the sense of like creating lactic acid in your quads and that burning sensation. But it's, a, it's just a completely different thing. Now, are they both as taxing on the CNS? I, I, I would say no because powerlifting and uh, CrossFit are more neurological – neurologically demanding they're more nervous system demanding because you go way deeper into the sympathetic nervous system you're still going to tap into some sympathetic when you're lifting for bodybuilding because you you do regardless exercise in general is sympathetic unless you're doing like meditative yoga but crossfit explosive stuff powerlifting heavy load low rep stuff that's all way more intense and demanding and taxing on the central nervous system the cns the point with bodybuilding, it's kind of like a – you kind of hit a threshold, right? Like it's not super taxing on the nervous system because it's high volume, um, but it's high volume, low intensity, um, intensity being load. But once you hit a certain point of doing so much volume, you're absolutely going to tax your nervous system because at anything at too high of a dosage, you're going to tax your nervous system and it's going to start taxing you pretty – or you're going to start fatiguing out and burning out pretty bad because bodybuilding, you can go and go and go and go and then all of a sudden you hit that point where you've reached overreaching in your total volume. You didn't deload soon enough and boom, your nervous system is shot. CrossFit, however, on the other hand, it just happens a little bit quicker because every time you step in the gym, it's very neurologically demanding. So it's just a, it's just a little bit different. Um, but it, it's just the key with balance, right? Like anything in excess is going to be taxing or damaging or harmful. Her second question was, what is your favorite exercises and or stretches to do during computer sitting breaks at work? And how often should we you break? Hmm. I don't do any stretches while I'm working on my computer. Um, I have my desk and then I have like this other stand-up desk in my office as well. So I will move my computer to the stand-up desk. So my first 
exercise, quote unquote, is going to be just standing. Um, the next thing I do is I go on a walk. So I will break the day up probably one to, at least once, but usually like twice if I can, if it's not raining, I will go outside and I will, um, answer DMS on Instagram. I will even answer some emails on my uh, Gmail app on my phone. If I can, I will comment back to people. I'll take care of that kind of stuff while I go on a walk during work because I need to get up and move. And I think that's actually more important than anything, any stretch or anything like that is really just standing up, getting out of that flexed state where your shoulders are roll forward, your hips, your hip flexors are flexed. You're in a very stressful and flexed position. That's not good. Um, you get up and you move. The only other thing I will do um, is I will actually move my chair and I will go into a half kneeling stretch on the floor while I work. So I'll actually be in like a split squat position, like a, like a lunge, half kneeling, knee to the floor, and I'll, I'll lock my glutes out and lock my hips out so my hip flexor stretches on that side of the knees down. And I'll just sit there for a couple minutes and then I'll switch sides and I'll switch sides and I'll do that for 20 minutes. And I think that's really good because it's opening up your hip flexors and I just try to remember to keep those shoulders back. So um, I think the, the best thing though is really just standing up and walking if you can stand up at a desk that's going to be the best thing if you can get up and walk one to two times a day at least i think you're going to be even better off christiana Funmi says you are only allowed oh i like this one let me take a drink for this one i really like the personality question this one's fun you are only allowed to listen to six artists in your lifetime when you train who would you pick? So the funny thing about this one is I said I – really, I literally commented back. I said this is a good one. Glad you gave me six. Laugh aloud. And then I didn't even fucking think about what I was going to say. So I probably should have thought about my answers. But let me look at my wall because I keep a bunch of records hung up on the wall. And I need to buy some more records because I'm going to try to cover this whole wall. I love old, old records. So if I could – Listen to six artists. So here's the deal with that. Like six artists, I'm thinking like, okay, there's certain songs. Like everybody has their song, right? Like I love – like right now, I love this song um, called What They Want by Russ. It's like a hip-hop R&B guy. I put that shit on repeat. Uh, Tyga Taste. These are these are rap, rap songs obviously, which I don't usually listen to rap when I'm working out. I actually listen to rock. But Love both of those songs, but I would never pick those two artists because I feel like they have like one or two songs that I actually like. So, so that's the hard thing with this. So I got to pick six artists for the rest of my life. Yeah, this one's going to be tough. First one I'm going to go with is Linkin Park. Linkin Park is a classic band. Um, horrible that Chester left this place, uh, but... Classic band. They were the first concert I ever went to when I was like 12 years old. They sold out to what was called the – I think it was the Kingdom back then. No, it must have been Tacoma Dome. Kingdom got demolished for those of you not in Seattle. But I really would – I would pick Linkin Park because they have like three albums I believe that are just all fire. They're all so good. It's hardcore. It's screaming. It's great music. It's artists, like real musicians. And they kind of rap during it. So I really like, because I used to be a big fan of um, Rage Against the Machine. And that's the thing with Rage. Like, I love, like, there's like five songs that I would put on repeat, but I don't know if I would pick them as my artist. But I loved Rage, and I feel like they were like a new age Rage. <laughs> so definitely would pick Linkin Park. I would pick. This is tough. I'm going to pick Chris Cornell, and the reason I'm picking him is because there's a lot of Soundgarden songs, and there's a lot of Audio Slave songs, but they're both him. If I had to pick just Soundgarden or just Audio Slave to train with, I would pick Audio Slave, but I'm going to say Chris Cornell. Um, Seattle local, local, great artist. Um, I'm going to go with him. Um, I'm going to go with 50 Cent, and by 50 Cent, that includes G-Unit as well. Um, 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying, amazing album. Get, uh, the Massacre was all right. Um, whatever that other one with that song, Piggy Bank, that one was horrible. I hated that album. But they had a, a G-Unit album, two G-Unit albums that were really good, um, especially TOS. So I'm going to say 50 Cent, that includes G-Unit too. Um, so I got three more. Oh, my God. You know what's... Annoying. I don't know if you guys can hear this. I hope you can. 
every time we film a video, every time I record a podcast, somebody's mowing their damn lawn. Dude, it's been raining all day. What are you doing right now? Crazy. Anyway, um, this sound, this is this one's funny, but I'm gonna pick this because this might be my favorite artist of all time. And even though most of their music is calm, sometimes I like to chill out when I work out, and I don't want to be super amped up. And so far, like everything is like screaming. Chris Cornell's got throats. He is such an awesome voice for screaming. Same with Chester from Lincoln Park. Fifty Cent's pretty hood with his music, so that's definitely like hood rap. This one, I'm gonna go with Oasis. Love Oasis. Classic band. Um, such a great band. You can listen to their greatest hits album that has like 30 songs and just keep replaying over and over again. So I'm going to go with Oasis. It's four. Um, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. I challenge everybody to think about this question. You can only choose six for the rest of your life. I'm going to pick Silverstein. Uh, some of you guys might not actually know who Silverstein are. They are what would be considered – I mean what genre is that? Like it's like – uh Screamo? Hardcore? Their thing doesn't even say. I'm looking at their Spotify right now. Um, so Silverstein is uh, Silverstein is like a punk, alternative, emo, screamo, hardcore band or whatever. But I grew up listening to a lot of them, and they still to this day come out with fantastic albums. Most well, like the in my opinion, the most talented artists when it comes to alternative screamo hardcore style music um fantastic musicians really really love them so definitely go with silverstein that's five and my last one is going to be um i'm gonna go with nas yeah i'm gonna go with nas um you know Ludacris was a, a close close one because Ludacris has some just awesome like Ludacris enunciates so much but that's why I like Nas too he's a storyteller but I would go with Nas because I can go to almost any album and just listen to his like really get into his music because he's such a storyteller he's such a lyricist I'm one of the greatest rappers of all time so I got Linkin Park Chris Cornell so or Audio Slave um Nas Oasis Silverstein and 50 Cent those are my those are my picks. That would make a fantastic playlist. If you guys want me to, this is what I want to do. As always in the intro, you know I already said it. I haven't recorded the intro, but I'm sure I'm going to take a screenshot of the show, post it on Instagram, tag your boy because I love seeing who is listening to the show and it, it really does help me grow the show and I appreciate it so much. Tag me in this one and let me know if you would want me to make a workout playlist that I could make live on Spotify so you guys could join it and follow it um, and do that thing. I've never done that before, but I would absolutely make a sick playlist with those six artists <laughs> and probably a lot more. Um, and if you want to be a part of that, let me know um, if you would be down for that. All right. Rhiannon Healy says, how and when to adjust your training if you were sleeping like shit? Um, so how to adjust – it really is just deload. If I look at training and nutrition as like your buy-ins to train. I'm sorry. Sleeping and nutrition as your buy-ins to train. So if you come to me and you're like, all right, I'm ready to hit it hard. We got five by five heavy lifts. Let's say you're in the, the boom, boom elite and you're going to go with the strength hypertrophy program and it's leg day and you're like, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, okay, how many hours of sleep did you get? Five? Huh? Did you hit your nutrition? Nah, I, I, I missed by, you know, 50 grams of protein. I under ate carbs. Yeah, you're not, you're not training. You're not training hard. We're going to do some like pump work, some mobility, maybe a little bit of cardio because you have to earn that through your sleep and through your nutrition. It's just – it's literally – it's your buy-ins. It's your, it's your wager to, to earn the right to train. Um, so how you would adjust if you're sleeping like shit is you would deload. And let that be motivation. If you find yourself deloading every damn day because you're never sleeping, then you need to change some things in your lifestyle in order to improve your sleep. But – Overall, I would say if you didn't sleep and you need to train still, I would adjust by dropping intensity more than volume. So when you go into the gym and you're doing five by five, maybe you don't do 300-pound sumo deadlift. Maybe you do 225 and you hit five reps and you're like, I could easily do three more. Perfect. You want to keep it at that. Do the movements. Don't overdrive your nervous system. Um, you could still do some volume and some pump work and some high rep training, but you don't want to smash your nervous system because it's not in a good place to train as is because you didn't sleep for shit. Recommended – so she has a few questions. Recommended 
fiber intakes. Supposedly, it's 10 grams for every 1,000 calories. Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb is 10 grams for every 1,000 calories. I would say 15 grams for every 1,000 calories. I like a high-fiber diet. I think people do better on it. Um, it's going to keep you regular. It's going to it's going to force you to drink more water because fiber doesn't do its job unless it has water H2O to bind to and actually go to work. So it kind of forces you to drink more water. It forces you to eat more fibrous foods, which are usually more nutrient-dense foods because you've got to eat veggies, some fruit, some um, good carbohydrates like sweet potatoes or oats or whatever it may be. Um, so I'm a big fan of like 15 grams for every 1,000 calories. Um, if, excuse me. If you want to get even more generic – and just go with a straight number. Um, I know a lot of people say women, you know, 20 to 25 grams, men 25 to 30 grams um, in typical cases. But I would say women can go up to 30. Men can also go up to 40. The problem is, is if you go over 30 to 40 grams as a male or female, um, you start having issues. If you have too much fiber, it will actually – it's like a double-edged sword. It will actually work in reverse and you'll get constipated. You'll get blocked up. You'll get bloated. Um, you're, you're not going to do well with the water intake. Um, it's just not a good idea. So you don't want to do too much fiber. I always like to say you know, between that 20 to 40 range is usually good for everybody and that includes people on higher calorie and lower calorie diets. What are your go-to parasympathetic inputs for when you are cutting, stressed, or just in need of extra recovery? Um, I'm a big fan of massages. So recently I've done like um, – we signed up. So every other week, Shannon and I go get a massage. Um, not together, but like I'll go and then she'll show up with the baby and then I'll take the car with the baby home. Um, so every other week, so that's twice a month, I'm, I'm getting massages. I think that's very important and it's more important for the psychological um, need because it, it gives you downtime and rest to disconnect and just get a massage and just chill. So I'm a big fan of massages. Um, I'm, a, you know, like it, I think people overcomplicate this, and I've talked a lot about this with the recovery pyramid on my Instagram page. But I think people just need to prioritize getting enough sleep. So seven hours of sleep a night is huge. Um, your nutrition, like, make sure your nutritional. Uh, strategies are supplementing proper recovery and giving you some parasympathetic input nutrition like good nutrition is a parasympathetic input so make sure you're doing that like it's that simple um when you're cutting obviously you can't do that as much because you're having to cut calories so for me that is uh making sure i get seven hours of sleep making sure that i'm doing something like a, a massage one to two times a month, something to disconnect and just feel good. Um, and then actually downtime every day. So for me, meditating, going on a walk, um, at night, putting my phone away, which is tough, but putting the phone away, watching Netflix, something mindless and just hanging out. Um, I want to get back into reading fictional books because I think that's really good too. Um, because every time I read, it's like, oh, I'm going to chill, chill out and read. And then I'm reading like uh, about the science behind anaerobic capacity and energy systems and it's like this isn't downtime right so i think that having downtime is very key and what they find with a lot of recovery strategies like massages and meditation and all these things the reason you actually recover your muscles faster has nothing to do with the muscle tissues being relieved it has everything to do with the psychological um, benefit and relief of having downtime having relaxation getting a massage and chilling out those things are psychologically um, aiding you um, from a nervous system standpoint, and that's going to help your muscles recover better. So the best parasympathetic inputs in my mind um, are less like muscle directly and more about nervous system um, output and just chilling out a little bit. I got to read this too. She said, side note, having these wonderful things called carbs back in my diet has powered up my training. Appreciate you. Got two PB, so personal best, in the gym already. So she started with me nutrition coaching two weeks ago. And she's already having personal best, and she's gonna get leaner too. Watch, because I'm I'm very confident about that. She's killing it. I love seeing that stuff. I'm eating more carbs, losing weight, dropping fat, cranking out PRs. Nutrition doesn't have to be dreadful, guys. It can be very, very positive. Bobby Collins asked. Metabolic flexibility. How to increase your ability to balance to more balance with this. To be more balanced with this, sorry. So metabolic flexibility, how to increase your ability to be more balanced with this. So I think um, in, in simple terms, carb cycle. I mean that's really the biggest, the easiest way. Um, I think you, know, you can be metabolically flexible without having high carb 
uh, low fat days and low carb, high fat days. Um, that's just the kind of like the fast track. I think if you are managing insulin levels healthy enough, if you are eating enough fats in your diet but not overdoing it, if you are exercising with different modalities at different times of the day, so you're doing some aerobic work in a fasted state in the morning, if you're training in a carb-fed state at night, if you're doing different energy system-based training, different things like that, I think you're going to move towards a more metabolically flexible state. Um you can take some supplements because some supplements do help, like things like L-carnitine and stuff. Um, you can you can change your setup of meal timing. So, for example, you could do like your breakfast in the morning is very high fat and just protein, like moderate protein, high fat. So maybe you do like an egg omelet cooked in coconut oil, have your fish oils in the morning is with it. That's going to be really fat dominant. Um, no carbs. You're keeping insulin low. Your body's going to run off fat for the morning, for the day. So when you're doing your daily work or you're going on your walks and stuff like that, your your body is kind of programmed to run off fuels. Charles Poliquin was a big fan of doing that. Um, and then in the evening, right before you train, you load up on carbs. And post-training, you load up on carbs, go to bed. Um, carbs are going to help tryptophan trigger serotonin release, which is going to help you sleep at night too. So you can kind of time your carbs properly throughout the day, time your fats properly. Um, and then you can carb cycle. So you can have different days where you do either weight training and and or high-intensity interval training. So like more intensity dominant stuff, whether it's CrossFit, high-volume bodybuilding, high-intensity cardio. On those days, you go high carbs uh, as a whole. Your daily intake is going to be higher carbs, moderate to low fat. You're going to push um, your insulin up around training by like loading up carbs pre- and post-workout, um, intra-workout as well. Um, this is going to help you kind of program your body, use those carbs for fuel, especially because you're putting it into the – duration of your training right around that when your insulin is driving and insulin is highest. Um, and, and this is going to signal like mTOR and all these different things, but those are kind of be your carb days. Your, those are your sympathetic days, your higher cortisol days. Those are the days you want those carbs. And then you're going to have days of the week, whether it's one, two or three days a week, um, where you do low intensity aerobic work. So maybe you're jumping on the rower and you're staying at about 120, 130 beats per minute. Maybe you're just doing long ass walks. Maybe you're doing a tempo run, maybe you're doing some basic cardio on the treadmill walking, um, you're going to have lower carbs, you're going to keep your insulin lower throughout the day, and you're going to kind of set up all your meals as those like higher fat, um, higher protein meals. You don't need to crank fats up on these days. You actually want to be lower calorie too. So let's say you have your high carb days and you're eating 50 grams of fat. On your low carb days, you might eat 60 grams of fat. So it's not one of those things where you're going to do like 80 to 100 maybe 10 to 20 grams more on those days if you drop carbs significantly um, because if you're getting enough fats on the other days, you don't need to add a ton more fats. The key here is you're driving insulin really low. You're exercising in a fasted state so your body has no choice but to utilize fat for fuel. Um, and yes, you're going to burn the same amount of calories. So this isn't a debate of does fasted cardio burn more fat or burn more calories than fed cardio. They burn the same amount of calories. The difference is, is when you are fasted and you are doing cardio, you are training your body to oxidize fat as fuel better, which means you're going to train your body to use fat for fuel. You're going to be more fat adapted. This is the process of becoming more uh, metabolically flexible. Um, so you're basically just dropping your carbs down pretty low, closer to that 100 gram mark. Um, and yeah, so you can do that, and, and that's pretty much creating metabolic flexibility. Um, okay, let's see. Fuck, we still have like four or five questions. I'm running out of time. Let me uh, – <clears throat> my throat is dying from talking. The boy's getting old. All right. Let me see if I can uh, crank out a few of these like quick. Um, Rhiannon had another question when tracking macros, if one day you are under or over, do you tell your clients to make up for it the next day so that their weekly average hits the targets or do you stay, do you say start from scratch and leave it? It depends on the person. Um, if they have a poor relationship with food, I almost always say start from scratch and leave it because I don't want them, you know, it, it be kind of kind of becomes like this reward and punishment system where like, oh, I overate. Now I'm going to go do cardio and cut calories today or I, per I underate so now I can feast tomorrow. Like that's not a promoting a good um, relationship with food. If you're a fat loss client and you underate one day by accident, I'm going to be like, don't worry about it. Start from scratch. It's not the end of the world. Um, 
one day in a deficit is going to harm our metabolism, our hormonal capacity, and we're trying to lose fat anyway. So you had a bigger deficit one day, big deal. Um, if it's fat loss client and they went over and I think they have a good relationship with food, then I might suggest uh, kind of do the whole Rob Peter to pay Paul thing. Oh, you were under 20 grams today. Take 10 grams of carbs out the next two days to even it out. Um, if you were over f- under or over 50 grams of carbs, I'm not going to say pull 50 the next day because I think that's a big chunk. I might say, eh, okay, pull 25 the next couple of days total. So like 15 tomorrow, 10 the next day, and then just chalk it up. Don't worry about it. It is what it is. Um, sometimes I'll say scratch it and just, just keep going just to show them like, okay, well you fucked up. Like it's not the end of the world. Don't stress about it, but you learned how to avoid that. Let's just keep moving forward. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Um, because that's going to be the key, right? So, um, I think it really, really depends. You know, it depends on the person. Tina Pace asked your favorite slash best ways to bring down cortisol post training. Um, Two things come to mind, and it's pretty simple. The best two ways are, number one, going to be a post-workout shake with carbohydrates in it. So like uh, a whey protein or essential amino acid supplement with um, highly branched cyclic dextrin. Um, That's going to spike insulin. It's going to blunt the cortisol response pretty rapidly. The other way is going to be doing some belly breathing. So bringing your feet up on a bench, laying down, and just calmly doing low, deep belly breathing breaths, that's going to really bring you down into a parasympathetic state and lower that cortisol response. Those are actually both things I recommend for almost everybody. I recommend the breathing. Literally anybody listening to this podcast, if you train, that'll highly benefit you. So I would suggest doing that. The Post-workout shake doesn't need to apply for everybody, but if you have room in your calories and you have an intense training session or you're following an intense program, it definitely can't hurt. It's going to help build muscle. It's going to help that stress cortisol response. Um, It's going to help a lot of things. Um, Eli James Maddelson, this is the last question. It's a big one. Coming to the end of my cut, I'm 6'2 and 180-ish pounds. I have cutting – okay, sorry. that, That threw me off. Coming to the end of my cut have taken it very slowly since around May, steadily dropping my calories. It's been going really well, down to about 170 protein, 225 carbs, 60 fat. This is pretty low for me. I'm used to 300 plus carbs, naturally tall, ectomorph. So I'm starting to really feel a little sluggish and cravings. I want to slowly transition to trying a higher fat, low carb diet, but I'm super scared I'll lose size or gain fat. Suggestions on how I can slowly transition at the end of my cut to a higher fat, low carb diet and maintain my current physique have been really wanting to experiment with a higher fat diet. Thanks. So, um, what I would say, man, is what the literature shows is that you'll be totally fine. I mean, like at the end of the day, like if you keep now, if you went keto, I can't, I can't be for sure. But if you keep protein where it's out, if you're 180 ish pounds and you're dropping carbs, what I would do is I would bump your protein up to between 180 to 200 grams of protein per day, which is going to be a little bit more than one pound, one gram per pound of body weight. Because if you drop carbs significantly, we have to remember that carbs are a protein sparing nutrient. You're used to having a really big carb intake. And what that means is that your body, when it doesn't have enough protein or it's not readily usable protein, it can use carbohydrates as a, a protein based nutrient. That's why carbs are called a protein-sparing nutrient. Um, But on top of that, protein paired with carbs increases muscle protein synthesis, increases recovery, increases um, glycogen replenishment. You need carbs to build muscle, quote-unquote. Really, you do. To maintain muscle, you don't necessarily need them, but you are going to want to bring your protein up a little bit higher just to make sure of it. Um, so what I would say, man, is, is if you're trying to maintain your physique, you're going to be totally fine. You're going to be easily be able to keep your body fat low as long as calories are equated for. You're going to easily be able to maintain your muscle mass as long as your protein is where it needs to be, which I would bring it up just a little bit because you're just below your body weight. Um, and yeah, you don't like, now here's the deal. Like if you bring your carbs way down, you're probably not going to train as hard. You're probably not going to build any muscle. Like if you try to reverse diet and you just bring up fats, you're not going to build more muscle. I can almost guarantee that because you need those carbs to drive performance, drive muscle growth, drive glycogen replenishment and to literally build muscle tissue. Um, so to gain or to reverse diet and gain, I would say that you don't 
you're probably not going to be successful with that. You'd want the carbs. Um, if you're just trying to maintain your physique, like you get really lean, you're happy with your muscle mass, you're like, I want to stay at this 180-ish pounds. Um, I want to keep my muscle mass. I want to keep my leanness, leanness, but I don't care about improving my performance. I don't care about building more muscle. I'm more focused on cognitive function or health and longevity and joint health. Then absolutely flip the script, bring the fats up, drop the carbs down, bring the protein up just a little bit, and all the literature shows that you are going to be totally fine. You're not going to lose any muscle, and I wouldn't worry about it, man. Um, do I think you're going to gain muscle? No. I would probably drive your carbs up if you wanted to gain more size. Um, but yeah, I think you're totally fine if you want to flip that switch. Just sw- uh, flip the switch and flip it to uh, be a little bit higher fat. Um, just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Like understand what you want to do and why you want to do it, and then uh, and then make the appropriate adjustment. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book. Not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum. That is the only way into the forum, and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.